Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Brian, I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoked, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. Now usually this is where I would introduce our guest for, for today's episode, but for only the second time in nearly 40 episodes um, of Bespoked, we, uh, we don't have a guest. The, the first episode we ever did was me introducing uh, what you could expect and uh, and you'll have to just put up with me uh, for this episode too. Uh, the reason we've done this is the, simply that um, if you've been following me on social media, you'll obviously know, but I did something rather silly recently and I decided that I would uh, pick a hill, a uh, 1.5 mile hill uh, local to me and I would ride up and down it for seven days, uh, accumulating 142 thousand feet in climbing to set a world record which is uh, never been achieved or attempted before and uh, the world record is uh, seven summits the uh, fastest ascent via bicycle of the equivalent height uh, of each highest peak uh, on every continent so why would I do this uh, is a great question Uh, some might say that I'm just a little bit odd um, but uh, there's, a, there's a good few reasons why I've done that, and we're going to explore those today, along with uh, a good look at how my training has gone, how my nutrition goes, and uh, what my mentality is actually like. We also have uh, quite a few questions that have been asked by uh, uh, some of the members of our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group, and we're going to go through those as well. So sit back and enjoy as we, uh, as we go through uh, this unique episode of Bespoke. So first of all, let's uh, tackle the elephant in the room and uh, and, and, and chat about uh, how this uh, idea came about. Um, so most of you will know about uh, that uh, outside of uh, being a performance director at, at Spokes, a coach uh, and uh, host of this podcast, uh, I, I am an aspiring uh, ultra endurance athlete. I was... Um, I repeatedly I won a few times the the, the Kent uh, Cycling Association 12 hour including my first ever attempt at a 12 hour um and uh and also the 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 Kent best all-rounder and uh and that kind of kicked off a fascination with ultra ultra distance um uh riding uh of course if you've been following me for a couple of years now you'll know about my um my fairly doomed uh route 66 world record attempt and that was the the fastest uh, crossing we'll call it from of route 66 which is one of the world's most iconic roads um uh, albeit very destroyed very poorly maintained and uh, uh, in need of a lot of tlc so uh, that's two and a half thousand miles spanning uh, we did it from santa monica in los angeles all the way to to chicago um and uh, on that beginning of day two twisted my ankle and uh uh 2000 miles nearly later uh legs succumbed to uh having to strap that ankle and not being able to flex it and pulled a muscle in my leg so it was an unfortunate end for me and uh we've got one of the questions later that uh that actually um asks a, a little bit about the comparisons between the two uh nevertheless uh, we will we, we will be heading back to do a, a second attempt at route 66 this september and um this is the reason why we kind of came up with this uh this challenge is that uh my coach Ato and I were um considering what we could uh what we could do um that would be a good test of uh, where my training is and what we need to need to work on as we we look to kind of uh uh, progress towards that and make sure that I uh, I am capable as ever of of uh, of riding about 250 miles a day across some of the like I said some of the most broken roads available there it's definitely not pristine tarmac there's a lot of broken bridges and uh, a lot of flooded roads uh, last time we did it so uh, cycle across some gravel riding some sand riding a uh, lots of different things that you need to take into account um so everybody, you probably, well, you may have heard of the Everesting. It's quite become quite popular, and essentially, Ever, Everesting is uh, a, a new challenge where you ride, you pick a hill, and you ride a bike up and down that same hill repeatedly until you've climbed the same elevation as Mount Everest. And uh, always looking to push the boundaries of human performance, I decided, uh, with uh, approval from from Ator, uh, that we'd push this and uh, and maybe combine it with the Seven Summits Challenge. Now, typically, the Seven Summits Challenge involves climbing uh, or hiking the highest peak on each continent. 
and uh, and of course you can't do that on a bike there's no road there's no you couldn't do it on a mountain bike of course um so the seven summits cycling uh world record attempt was uh very much the same as what you would do for everything except for uh seven days uh of course you can do it in less than seven days uh you do it as quickly as you can and that's basically the idea um of course that's uh that opens up a whole heap of uh issues um first of all you you've got to you've got to be able uh, to sustain that everest is uh, a, a very big hill uh of 29000 feet so you've got to, that i mean and that that ideally that would be day 1 and then you've got to follow that up with uh, akongagua uh denali which is also named mckinley uh elbrus which is uh europe uh, so denali is uh, north america akongagua is south america everest is obviously asia uh elbrus is europe uh Puncak Jaya is uh, Australasia or Oceania, depending on which you want to call that. And uh, uh, Vincent Massive is uh, uh, Antarctica. And you would actually be surprised to know that the, the mountain on Antarctica is actually not the, not the, the shortest. Um, I was hoping when we were doing this that it would be. Uh, every, every day is, is still actually quite challenging. But it was a very good idea, we thought, because it would be a good test of uh, my ability to ride hard and really go deep and then recover for the next day and um Everest is is something else I can tell you it's like uh hats off and and obviously thank you to our man Ewan who uh who helped us with this he's done it no, numerous times and uh, uh and he was a, a great resource uh but it is it's very demanding it's very demanding in fact I think my hardest uh, day ever on a bike was was doing Everest and and then you have to consider that uh, well, I mean, I was up at three o'clock in the morning, got for for starting at four, finished at six p.m., and then you've got to get home, and it's a semi-supported effort, a world record attempt. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to do, and uh, and then get up at three o'clock the next morning again. Um, and so uh, yes, that's it's it's very challenging. Uh, needless to say, on your body. So we picked uh, a, a hill local to me. You can ride it in sort of ten, fifteen, maybe twenty minutes, depending on how lucky you get with the lights called Pacific Island Drive. Uh, it's a, a road that strikes fear, apparently, into some of the other locals. I uh, I rode it, I think it was around 226 times in the, in the one week, or the six days, seven hours that I completed it in. And uh, I probably can tell you that I saw maybe 10 or a little bit more different cyclists on that road during that time. Uh, the weather was uh, was good, not too hot, not too cold. It was, well, it was reasonably cold in the mornings uh, without the sun, but uh, and it gets warmer in the sun, sort of just after midday. But but it actually was a very good time of year to to do that. Um, and uh, the hill, I think, um, Chet's driver is about up to fourteen uh, percent in places. There's a couple of bits which are a little bit uh, uh, less steep where you can get a bit of recovery. And, and really get into that but you don't want a hill that's too too shallow it's got to be fairly steep because if it's if it's not steep enough then you're just wasting your time going uh, essentially uh, uh, horizontally rather than vertically and you need that vertical uh, climbing to to actually get it done in time but um of course the the steepness uh, uh, is a, a challenge in its own because you've got to be able to to push that through and uh, one of the things that I've come back with or had uh, from about day three or four was sore knees and I think that's kind of understandable when you look at uh, the fact that I was doing a large portion of this at 50 60 cadence and uh, and having to really push through um, we, we wondered as well because my because it's a the bike set up for ultra endurance stuff the the saddle could have been a little bit higher uh, but of course, it wasn't worth us uh, changing that midway through, especially given that it was not a pain that was going to end in a thing. It was just something that needed to be to be managed. So uh, on uh, Monday, the 10th of February, uh, Pacific Standard Time at 4 a.m., uh, I set off and uh, uh, completed 45 reps of the, the first hill. And uh, every day, thankfully, actually put some in the bank as well. There was only the last day, the final day, where I didn't actually achieve the elevation of that mountain. Um, and that's because I'd uh, I put in a, a great effort uh, leading up to that. So the last day was nice and shorter, which is obviously the point because we want to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, there was a little thought in my head whether I could possibly do a double day uh, on on sort of day six and get it all done, but would have been the same as doing another Everest. And uh, uh, I wasn't 
I wasn't, I don't think, in the right frame of mind to even uh, consider that. So I'll give you a few stats before moving on to uh, to some of the questions. We Obviously, the total elevation required to achieve this is 142,103 feet or 43,313 metres. So that's around the same height as our ozone layer. So if we were to build a road uh, that was that high, I would, uh, I would probably be uh, on my way out of uh, out of uh, well out of our atmosphere. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> doesn't bear thinking about. We we guessed a total ride time of sixty two uh, plus hours. It was more like seventy in the end. Distance covered in in the under seven days was seven hundred and twenty five miles, um, and we estimate that there was a calorie burn of uh, circa thirty five thousand. So um, our nutrition plan was probably one of the the most important factors and uh uh yeah and it was uh, executed to uh, to perfection to be honest uh one little factor that i i'd like to add in at the end as well is that obviously there's a degree of having to do this as quickly as possible so in order for me to actually achieve this uh and i would have had to have ridden the hill faster than 68 percent of anybody else who's ridden that so not only am I doing it uh, uh, 226 times in one week, but actually I have to average faster. This is on Strava data than faster than uh, 68% of people who have done it. So, uh, nevertheless, quite a, quite a considerable effort. And uh, uh, like I said, I I, I think um, one of my biggest takeaways is actually how uh, how good I I felt coming away from that. I mean, obviously it was hard. There was times where I was in dark places and. Uh, uh, and there were thoughts about quitting or why was I doing this. But actually, uh, I think we've executed a plan so well and, and brought a team in around me that is just so competent and so um, experienced that actually the, the the challenge was was completed in, in relative ease. And uh, I think that that's a, a testament to, to what we've built at Spokes, where we have our coaches, we have our mental fitness uh, experts, our strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, everybody comes together. Uh, a nutritionist, sorry, as well. Everybody comes together, and we we've uh, managed to uh, actually uh, create something that is is foolproof. So, um, also at this stage, obviously, talk about some of the other people who have uh, had uh, played a role, and we've got three other sponsors as well as Spokesfit, uh, uh, Z Bike Wheels, Lee, who is uh, uh, hand hand builds carbon wheels. Uh, uh, hand builds any wheels, I think, actually. Uh, but carbon would be a speciality in, in the United Kingdom. And uh, he's been a supporter of my last two attempts and, and will be continuing. And uh, can only say that uh, his wheels that he builds are on par, um, if not better than most of the wheels that I've ever ridden. And uh, due to a, a logistical nightmare um, and a bit of a mix-up with one of the stores, uh, uh, Lee had built some uh, very lightweight wheels, not not specifically climbing because of obviously having to ride 725 miles on them as well, but some lighter weight wheels um, made with string spokes. Now, yeah, you heard that right. The spokes made a string and uh, uh, sent them to me that they didn't get put on until I think day four. So I missed three days without them, but uh, I can tell you it was an absolute revelation having them on. Uh, uh, once I did and it made that that day that I put them on was uh, was a breeze it really felt really good um, so congratulations Lee they're very good and you should check out the Z bike wheels if you're looking for uh, uh, something unique something that has a lot of care and attention put into it and uh, I want to want to support a, a local businessman uh, then we have Etchendo, um, which is a Spanish clothing company, Etchendo, so it's E-T-X-E-O-N-D-O, uh, who, again, and I'm not just saying this, I, I, I'll hold my hands up and say that in the past I've been sponsored by um, by businesses where I've been like, oh, I wish we could have got this person instead of this person or anything like that. But I think the three that we've got here, uh, or four including Spokes, are literally at the peak, at the pinnacle of what they do. Etchendo make clothing and uh, their shorts. I we, we're, we're developing an ultra suit, which is a sort of like a race suit, but designed for um, ultra distances and 
uh, and has that focus. Their, their shorts that they sent me and their jacket, it's, it's, it's second to none. I, I've used uh, the likes of Castelli Assos and everything like that. And I can tell you, Echendo have really, really done well to, to nail that. And uh, everything's made in Spain as well. So they don't lose sight of the production and quality control. So so well done, guys. And and finally, um, uh, if you, again, if you've been following me a while, you'll know that I'm a big fan of Infinity Bike Seats. So uh, these are, uh, are designed and manufactured by my good friend, uh, uh, Dr. Vince Marcel, who's a, a regular... Um, a regular contributor or a regular guest on, on the Bespoke podcast, and he has uh, made a, a rather odd-looking saddle. Um, but I can tell you, it's it's hands down the the best thing I've ever sat on, and and I I wouldn't change that for a world. I think you'd have to pay me an awful lot of money to even try something else. And uh, and I, given that I'm in ultra distance and everything, it's the, probably the one thing that will make or break uh, a record attempt is how comfortable you're sat. So. Uh, yeah, congratulations uh, to to Dr. Vince and uh, and his wife, lovely wife Diane, on on that. So you, we talk about my my training now, uh, and you might be quite surprised to to hear that actually uh, my training doesn't revolve around me going out and putting a lot of miles in. I think that while there's uh, an obvious need for you to be quite adapted into going out and uh, doing that. Uh, I actually think that probably um, the, the the better use of a lot of time is spent doing uh, uh, some some of the shorter, more power stuff. And uh, uh, so I don't think I've done a maybe a twenty hour week, including gym and yoga sessions as well. Uh, but excluding stuff like stretching and, and other care that you have to do a 20 hour week is probably around about the maximum that I have been doing and uh, uh, and that obviously you probably surprises quite a few people given that I went in and did a 70 hour week but I think the the biggest challenge isn't riding uh, the distance once you can do like uh, a lot and you can recover it's uh, it's, it's interesting so we work a lot on my power increasing that and uh, uh, and really getting um, that sort of uh, the thresholds up because if you can uh, push those up then you've got more room in terms of uh, uh, burning fat and utilizing fat as a fuel which is, is going to be one of the, the most important uh, elements of, of any ultra uh, distance challenge uh, ride or record attempt. Uh, but that's not to say that we're not building with carbohydrates to eat. Uh, there's a time and a place. And uh, it, to be honest, if you want to know exactly what my nutrition plan is, you need to go back into the bespoke vault and uh, check out periodizing nutrition because um, Coach Ator came on that. And that is exactly how I uh, I feel. I, I periodize with my training. I'll, on a low intensity day, I will eat more fats and less carbs and then vice versa when I have a high intensity day. Uh, and that that has been a, a total game changer for me, really, and uh, uh, really has reaped a lot of rewards. My my weight is lower, my energy is higher, um, and my recovery is uh, is doing great. And I think that this challenge has been a proof of that. Um, so yeah, check out the the bespoke vault for exactly what my nutrition looks like and uh, and the training. Uh, check me out on Strava. I'm just uh, I'm just Pav Brian on there if you want to have a look at my my rides. But uh, a lot of intervals, um, a lot of high intensity stuff, a lot of uh, forcing my body to to recover. We do we do quite a bit of fasted riding and uh, I do quite a lot of uh, glycogen depleted, which is uh, going out in the evening or late afternoon and uh, emptying your tank with a high intensity session and then. Uh, low to zero carbs between uh, on that evening and the next morning before you go out again. I tell you, um, anybody and everybody should ha- give that a go because uh, that's, that's a special feeling. Um, so talking about having uh, or what my nutrition looked like uh, on the actual days, uh, uh, we um, this is probably one of the uh, it's the funniest things really is that we don't I I didn't uh, didn't really test this out as as much as we could and I think it's really important to understand that actually. As as big a challenge and as this was, uh, it isn't my A event. So when we when we talk about uh, A events, we're obviously saying that this is the the one the thing that you're going to sacrifice everything for and you're training for. And uh, seven summits is uh, obviously a huge undertaking, uh, but it's uh, absolutely not my uh, my number one thing. So at any point where we we felt that there may have been an injury risk or any anything that could have been. Uh, uh, damaging to our a event or my a event we would have just stopped it 
so this is uh we put this in the b category because uh, we definitely did a taper into it we wanted me to be as fit as possible uh giving myself as a uh, uh, gooder opportunity to achieve it but uh certainly it's not something that we would allow myself to damage uh, uh like uh, the main event so a lot of the nutrition which i ate during uh, seven summits was uh uh, fairly new I mean I'd obviously eaten it beforehand to make sure it didn't make me sick or anything but uh, I, I had been a long long time since I had eaten that much uh, every every hour and we're talking uh, getting up at, uh, at like at least an hour before but more likely two eating 100 grams of uh, oats with a, uh, a a smoothie which we make before so I like to I used to do this when I used to time trial I used to make uh, put the oats and the uh, smoothie which smoothie would just be like a fruit protein and soy milk something quite simple put it in the fridge overnight mix it up so you've got overnight oats but then actually cooking that in the microwave the next morning which I uh, uh, I love because it gives me a gives me a nice like boost on a cold morning so I've always done that um, and then when we got going it was uh, uh, sandwiches sandwiches gluten-free bread because I can't tolerate the the gluten uh, in most countries it's interesting it's mainly a country-based thing so on the, the European continent I can eat a lot more bread than I, than I can in the US and the UK sort of sits in between the two so definitely not celiac but definitely having a negative or adverse response to that so it's not worth me eating and we just have jam or marmalade sandwiches and we're trying to make sure that we make the most of the amount of carbohydrates that I can digest every hour uh, which is uh, 90 grams when you split that between 60 grams of glucose and 30 grams of fructose. So every hour we're trying to make sure we get as much uh, or the, the peak of that in uh, and erring on the side of eating a bit too much um, rather than too little, um, uh, mainly because I, I could deal with a, a small amount of uh, uh, gastrointestinal distress, but uh, uh, I definitely couldn't deal with bonking. That's uh, That's one of the things. So um, uh, once we sort of had that, it would be maybe maybe three or so hours of eating uh, basically three half sandwiches with jam in it, uh, uh, and uh, every hour that is. Uh, we'd move on to something like homemade flatjacks, which uh, again, just simple oats, uh, and uh, it'd be some sort of other sugar, uh, raisins and uh, uh, all good stuff in there. No dairy, I can't tolerate dairy neither, and uh, allergic to nuts, so... Uh, does limit a bit of that, but in reality, the nuts were, uh, wouldn't be an, wouldn't be something we would consider, uh, and we don't put any extra protein in anything um, because we're eating. Uh, I'm eating whole foods. Um, you'll find enough protein in there. I understand if people are eating gels and uh, sports drinks all day, then you might want to supplement some protein doing an ultra distance thing because you might not meet that. But when you consider that actually there is protein in oats and 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 stuff like that. And rice, uh, you actually don't need to eat any extra protein. So there'd be no protein added to anything. It's just simple, simple stuff. So they do then uh, three three bags, uh, one bag an hour, sandwich bag. We tried to reuse the sandwich bags. Obviously, we, we want to be as environmentally conscious as possible. And uh, uh, we'll, we're actually going to look at uh, a way in which we can uh, equal that out or neutralize the damage that we've done by using so much plastic. Uh, um, and uh, it's something that I'm, I'm concerned with, but there's not really much of a, an, another option. And uh, uh, so after having three sandwich bags worth of flatjacks, move on to something like energy balls made with uh, ground up oats or uh, rice balls made with sort of puffed rice. And then you've got like honey, uh, maybe a tiny amount of sea butter, depending on taste and uh, supplemented a lot of raisins all day, quite a few raisins just to make sure you get a bit more fructose in. Uh, and then uh, as we finished with the three bags, three and three, always doing threes, uh, there'd be three bags of rice cakes or uh, uh, rice balls or rice bars that we made, uh, moving on to something which we call pav juice. It's nothing nothing much more than just 60 grams of maltodextrin and 30 grams of fructose mixed in with a little bit of salt into a a, a, a dispenser and uh, and that so uh, that would be how you finish the day which is a good way to finish really because your stomach's probably a bit full from the, the, the food but you don't want to start like that because you're likely to to actually give yourself some uh, some issues from drinking all your calories and you probably are going to get a bit bored of that so uh, we start with real food and, and the, the closer you get down there the, the more kind of uh, the, 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 the liquid it becomes so uh, throughout the day my drinks were just water and uh, with a bit of salt and that was it so 
uh, every every hour and thirty minutes, I would stop and uh, uh, pick up a, a a bag of food and uh, swap the bottles over from uh, our cooler, which we stashed behind a uh, a wall at the bottom of the hill, and uh, and ride back up. And uh, for the first four days, it was uh, did uh, two reps of four. Um, with uh, 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 so eight reps and then have a break to stretch out so you're talking about doing sort of nearly three hours in total before having a, a considerable break to stretch and, and I say considerable break we're not talking about an hour we're talking about 10-15 minutes um, and then uh, and then moving on but as we got later on and the time became less important because the obviously the duration of being on the bike was less uh, moved that to a, a five rep system and then having a break so um, especially as my, my body was getting uh, sore and sore. That was really good to be able to do that. And it kept my mind really, really happy as well as breaking every five. Uh, so that, that was uh, one way in which we dealt with, uh, dealt with some, of the, some of the issues. So um, hopefully, hopefully you guys, I've answered enough training and nutrition questions. Obviously, feel free to jump in um, on our Facebook group, uh, Spokes Performance Training Advice, uh, post any questions and we'll, uh, we'll maybe do a Q&A within there. Um, talking about mentality now, obviously you will have, if you're a regular listener, you would have heard Alan Heary, our uh, spokes uh, mental fitness advisor, talking about many different ways in which you can kind of keep that motivation high. And uh, uh, I definitely feel like this has been one of the biggest, biggest areas in which I've uh, I, I've improved. Is that uh, I I I, went, I came into this a challenge. I I didn't have too much anxiety i was definitely aroused so one of the episodes in a couple of weeks we've got with alan is mastering anxiety and he'll talk about uh uh having the right level of anxiety because you don't want none you don't want too much but you don't want none you need to be sufficiently aroused and i felt like i came into um seven summits really really ready and raring to do it and uh, uh and most days it was the same i was relishing kind of uh, getting going and doing it and uh, that's not to say that there weren't times where I, I felt like quitting of course there is I mean it's it's a ridiculous thing to do isn't it 226 times up the same hill I mean things could have moved but I could tell you exactly where every single stone every single nail every single bit of glass is on that hill uh, and tell you where all of the manhole covers are, are raised or I can tell you my exact line on the descent as well um and that that's kind of one of those things that comes with with doing reps but uh, i never i never really uh, felt like i was i was going to give up i uh, i i definitely definitely felt quite considerably uh, happy throughout and uh, um i had uh, listened to a lot of audiobooks and uh, and the music created some playlists even went to the, the hassle of uh, timing how long I could have uh, music playing on my iPhone with uh, uh, wired uh, wired earphones um, to make sure that that wouldn't die at some point um, during, especially during the Everest day. Uh, it was absolutely fine, of course, um, but that was really good. And I listened to a lot of um, uh, motivational books, such as uh, David Goggins' uh, "I Think It's Can't Hurt Me." And uh, I listened to uh, Way of the Wolf by John Belfort um, and then had some uh, music, which ranges really my music taste ranges from sort of drum and bass to dance, uh, old school, like dance classics to rap and anything like that. So uh, a lot of different stuff to keep my mind happy and active and uh, uh, and just going up and down this hill. So I think uh, that that's kind of one of the the things that's really really stuck struck a chord with me is just how different uh, my mentality has gone gone, and I think that's what is uh, good about having that and uh, having a coach because it's uh, someone you can lean on and and someone to hold you accountable. I, I'm certainly somebody that uh, that enjoys having input from someone else with their, with his training. So we're now going to uh, look at some of the questions which have been um, asked in our Spokes uh, Performance Training Advice Facebook group. And uh, uh, Daniel, thank you, has uh, collected these and sent them to me. And um, so I'm just going to I'm gonna, uh, jump straight in. And the first one actually, uh, I believe, is from Daniel. And he, uh, he simply asks, how are the legs, mind and body feeling now? Uh, well, uh, yeah, tired. Uh, my knees, uh, left knee is a little bit sore, still a bit swollen. Um, uh, just to give everybody that's listening some context, I finished Monday the 17th of February. Uh, did Obviously, that was the shortest day, but uh, still did a week before that. And today is uh, Wednesday the 19th. So 
Uh, it's not even been. It's been two full days now since I, I finished. Uh, yesterday uh, was uh, an interesting day uh, where it's sort of uh, one of the things that I, I've been curious about actually is that uh, I get to nine o'clock in the morning and uh, it feels like half the day is already gone, which is uh, feels bizarre to me. And I feel like I'm going at a very slow pace uh, right now. Um, I took yesterday off of work and did a did bare bare minimal, but back to work today, probably somewhat hastily. Maybe I've, it's been a tired day, and I, I feel like I, I'm recording this podcast now, and my my head is a little bit uh, uh, f- foggy, and uh, uh, hopefully it's not. Hopefully everybody is not noticing as as much that I am tired. Uh, uh, but what needs must in terms of recording, of course, and uh, you guys come first. So happy to put myself. Uh, and did that for that. So I uh, did also hit the gym today. Yesterday was full rest. Um, uh, I, you wouldn't have got me on a bike if you had tried. But today I went to the gym. Uh, it just uh, I, I can't really ride my bike outside uh, without uh, hitting a hill. We live in a very hilly area. So given that I wanted to do a recovery ride, I just hit the gym. I don't have a, a, a trainer in the home. We, we li- we're blessed to live in California where um you you might get three days of rain uh, a month throughout winter uh sorry to everybody listening in uh in, in around the world where it is a lot wetter especially um the uk we've got some storms at the moment um but uh, uh yes yeah, so i went to the gym 30 minutes light spinning uh, and then some stretching and some sauna work and uh, definitely feeling a lot better um i i mean my mind yeah I think one of the biggest things when I finished Route 66, which was obviously we did 2,000 miles in, I think I did uh, uh, eight and a half days that before before stopping from injury, uh, I was uh, in a much worse way then. And it's hard for me to quantify whether that's just because uh, um, uh, it was a bigger chart, a bigger task uh, of Route 66 or uh, uh, whether I'm more fitter. Uh, I mean, uh, both probably, um, but... Uh, uh, I, I I can tell you I was uh, yeah I was in the car and uh, driving around Monday afternoon and one of the the most fascinating things for me is that actually I felt like I'd been recovering every day of doing the seven summits so obviously very tired after day one uh, and day two and day three were both reasonably big as well about thirty five reps each um, so forty five day one thirty I think it was thirty five day two thirty four day three uh and then i did uh i think it was uh, uh three days of 30 reps uh no two days of 30 reps uh and then a day of 25 reps and then the final day which was 16 reps um and i actually felt like i was recovering every day a little bit uh knees okay were, were still sore as were my hands getting a bit sorer and uh and a few things like that uh but actually um I felt like, uh, you know, that fatigued feeling, that the tiredness was actually getting a little better. But uh, yeah, it's certainly lingering today and it'd be interesting to see um, what I uh, what I can uh, can go and do. I've uh, the bike. The bike needs a bit of work in it. Um, it was. It's got some creaking. Uh, couldn't isolate that neither. That was a, a very frustrating sort of last uh, day and maybe a half where uh, I we had some creaking. I talked everything up and I cleaned everything down and. You know, like, and that was one of the things that had been semi-supported is just about every evening. And there was only one day where I didn't have to do some form of work on the bike. I mean, even to the point where I think after uh, day one, at the end of day one, I actually had a slow puncture in uh, uh, in one of the tubeless, uh, and there wasn't. It obviously run out, or there was low on uh, sealant, so I had to whip off the the GP uh, the Conti GP five thousand tubular, which is notoriously hard to to get on on. Uh, and then put some sealant in it and then put it back on. And uh, thankfully, and very gratefully, that went straight back on. Um, I would have uh, struggled to do that if it was uh, going to be a, a tricky one. So uh, incredibly happy that that was that. But uh, even little things like um, the bike got really gets, got dirty and we wanted to make sure it wasn't too, too, too dirty for some of the footage we were shooting or the pictures we were taking. Um, and uh, uh, getting some, there were some loose chain bolts, uh, chaining bolts at one at one point. So uh, come to the end of it, we were, I was tightening everything up and couldn't isolate this thing, and it was getting progressively worse. So uh, the bike, uh, the bike definitely needs a bit of work on it. Um, and uh, uh, but I'm looking forward to maybe getting a couple of hours in over this week, uh, depending on how I feel as well. So to answer your question, Daniel, actually very good. Uh, everything is very good and uh, really grateful to to be feeling that way. Okay, so 
next couple of questions are from Guy. Um, so uh, what made you make the switch from racing time trials uh, to the more adventure, do-it-yourself challenge style of cycling? Um, great question. I mean, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Um, obviously, time trial was something that I did. I was uh, regional champion. I probably could have gone on to to do nationals. I don't think I'm good enough really to win a national title. I I've got age on my side. I think a lot of the people that that have won it recently have been a bit older than me. But but the biggest factor probably is that I moved. Uh, I moved from uh, the United Kingdom, where time trialing is uh, a massive part of cycling culture. Uh, to the United States, uh, where it just it just isn't. It's not at all. Um, so uh, there was just no need uh, no need for me to sort of continue um, with that. And I just uh, I, I just carried on riding a bike, of course, but uh, uh, adjusted that slightly to to be more um, uh, to be more ultra mindset. And uh, the reason we we kind of the first one we did was Route sixty six. Was that if you if you know me. Uh, well, uh, you'll uh, you'll know that I I have had I have a history with mental illness, and I'm a, a mental health advocate. And uh, uh, right, uh, walking along, uh, um, talking to a friend uh, about that about my past, and uh, he had known me when I was at my lowest, and he'd known me when I was at my best. And the, the journey between those two points is so inspiring for him that he actually started cycling and stuff like that. And he said that there'd be people out there that would want to hear that story. So I said that this, obviously, before I, I outed myself as uh, as being bipolar, I, uh, I I said that if I did that, I would want to do something epic to kind of tie it all in. And just at that point, we walked past the uh, Route 66 end sign. So we, that was how that was born. And uh, uh, and obviously not a success as, uh, as we hoped, but never nevertheless going going back to to try to try that later this year so uh yeah sort of uh circumstantial more than anything with that guy so uh next question sort of along the same lines uh do you plan on racing some time trials again and i swear i didn't add this heard you were quite a weapon back in the day now i don't know about that but um i i to, to be honest i i have no plan to go back into time trials i think that it's something that i could pursue in the future but right now it's uh it's not uh, it's not in my my plan and i haven't even got a time trial bike anymore i i felt bad about having my my time trial rig just sat around in my parents house um in uh where they were obviously storing it for me and uh so i ended up selling it so i don't even have a, a time trial bike so uh, if someone would like to to buy me a bike or uh, anything like that, then yeah, maybe I'll give some time trials a go. But uh, uh, for now, we're we're happy with the 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 sort of uh, aero road and uh, aero bar setups we can get. And uh, although for ultras, uh, they wouldn't be as good for for time trials. So got a, a couple of questions now from Zuzi. Uh, and she has a bit of inside knowledge on this but uh this challenge is is part of something bigger but what exactly and uh i of course i've alluded to the fact that we're going to do route 66 again but actually that's a smaller part of our overall bigger sort of catalog of uh, of events that we're going to do and i, I keep saying we it's it's me really but um i we, we i had i had the idea of uh doing the the reverse bucket list so um a bucket list obviously is a, a list of uh things that you'd like to do before you die a reverse bucket list would be the exact opposite in some sense it would be stuff that you definitely not want to do before you die or you could have it as uh, stuff that uh, you would want to do before you die but in a manner that you wouldn't so uh, seven summits would be sort of equal to climbing a mountain a lot of people put climbing a mountain on uh, on their uh, bucket list so we, we we thought well that's a good one we would climb a mountain on a bike but do seven of them um route 66 would be sort of ride an iconic road or and that might be drive but in, in real life or in, in a real bucket list but ride it uh, uh in there and uh, and yeah we've got we've got quite a few more um so some of the other things that we've uh we've loosely put down on the reverse bucket list now obviously this is a a um it is a very loose list. None of these are confirmed other than Route 66. But uh, with uh, people who have um, uh, want to run a marathon, so we put that down, um, but probably doing one on each continent, uh, seven continents, seven marathons. 
Uh, and we could uh, make those really hard, like uh, a marathon in the Sahara Desert or in the Himalayas or something like that. And uh, uh, so you might see me running. Um, complete a triathlon was one, um, but maybe we could look to uh, to break good friend Sean Conway's uh, triathlon of Britain record. Um, island hop around Greece is a popular bucket list thing. So we thought maybe... Uh, <laughs> We call it Mediterranean madness. Swim between each of the 227 inhabited Greek islands. Um, so you might see me take to swim in. Um, drive an iconic road. Uh, again, we, we sort of said uh, uh, Route 66 would be road trip across the US. Uh, drive an iconic road that might be looking to break uh, another good friend of mine, Dean Stott's Pan American Highway record, which is uh, 14,000 miles uh, of riding. Um, and then we might, and this is a big might, uh, have a go at uh, another good friend of mine, Mark Beaumont's uh, Around the World uh, record and see uh, that would probably be the final challenge if we decided that we could put something like that together because uh, Mark is obviously at the, the peak, the pinnacle of that. So I think it would take a lot to beat that. So hope that answers your question, Susie. Uh, yes, it's uh, the reverse bucket list is... Uh, Uh, got some good things on there similarly listeners if you've got some ideas uh feel free to come and post those in the the spokes performance training advice facebook group okay next question uh no name for this one sorry i don't know who asked this Uh, the balance between your work family and personal life must get stretched to within breaking points sometimes how do you find the time to plan something like this uh i do you know what i one of the things that i uh, my 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 doctors, my psychiatrist said when I was um, uh, diagnosed with being bipolar is that I have hyper um, hyper focused nature. Uh, if you give me a task that I enjoy, I literally I, I can probably work that harder and faster than most people. So that I mean, it's a massive benefit of my mental health and something I'm very grateful for. I um, I can I can really really like wow people. My wife's always in awe of my organizational skills and. Uh, um so it it's it is it, obviously there is stuff that i i have to give up because there's only so much time in the day and uh, of course when you're you're hyper organized or hyper uh, focused it can be quite tiring um just because you can work very hard doesn't mean that you're able to work very hard uh in terms of like fitting in sort of a day's worth of tasks into a matter of hours um but there are obviously some sacrifices that have to be made and uh uh we, spokes has been very generous in uh in allowing me to pass on some of the responsibilities that i have uh, uh paul is my business partner and uh we were able to to do that and and not have it affect anything but um I, I think that uh, yeah, when you love what you do, you you find it a lot easier. And I think that it's not like being employed where you work a nine to five or set hours. When you're you're self employed, you you are very much working on like all the time or all the time that you want to. And uh, I always 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 have factored in cycling or training as part of work. I've never seen that as something separate. So if I if I'm doing something, uh, it's it's part of work. So I'm I'm blocking time out in my in my calendar to to get up at four o'clock in the morning or whatever and do a, a morning a very early morning ride and everything like that. So um, yeah, uh, it is uh, it is it's it's important to find that balance. And I think that uh, uh, if you're not very good at that, I think that's where a coach could come in. Uh, definitely, we're like uh, the if you we you think about the the priorities or your hierarchy of priorities there is that uh work and family uh they're going to be your top two almost certainly uh depends not sure which order probably depends on if you have a wife or husband and children uh work might come first if you don't have that it's just like a extended family personal life is probably uh in there at number three or four with the other spot being training so um you definitely don't need uh training to to become a burden or a chore and i think that that's where most people get lost when they're self-coaching is that they don't know how to balance that and uh, uh the coaches that we have here at spokes are experts in that so i i would definitely highly recommend checking checking that out on uh spokes.fit if you have any uh have any questions about that Uh, Okay, so another question I love. This is a really good one. Uh, We know that a post-great achievement dip in mood is very real and affects many people. 
When you're planning for this kind of challenge, do you plan beyond the event so that if your mood does go down afterwards, that you've got contingencies in place ready to help you manage it? Now, that's from Shaz, and I know Shaz and uh, uh, David have uh, always uh, been there quite quite for me. Uh, David is, um, and forgive me if I get this wrong, he's a uh, psychiatrist, so has always sort of uh, told me I can reach out and uh, grateful to have not really needed that. I've, I, 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 I would, uh, I, I'm very good at talking and... Um, I, uh, my wife is very supportive and uh, everything like that but uh, it's very funny uh, I, I whether or not that we're we're not we're not far away enough from that for me to have uh, seen this dip yet I haven't had it but uh, repeatedly resetting your goals and is probably the number one there and I think that probably uh, given that this is like I said a B event is that actually uh, and without I don't want to sound egotistical or grandiose here but actually I feel like this challenge has been a little bit beneath me. This world record has been something that is amazing. It's very tough. It was very hard. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like uh, it's a, a stepping stone to something even bigger. I don't feel like I've reached my peak. And uh, and I think that that might be a reason why I'm not going to see that uh, dip in mood. Um, but similarly, if I do see that, uh, my wife is very good at helping me out. And uh, uh, as is a coach, and I've got Alan Heary, as I said, who is uh, a great team around me who can help that. And uh, uh, especially given I am very susceptible to uh, to depression and, um, and things like that, uh, uh, it's good to good to have that support network. So thank you for your question. Uh, got two questions left. Uh, one's from Pete, good friend Pete Donahue, who's uh, team uh, ZF. Uh, he would love to hear how your mind feels from the Route 66 attempt mishap to smashing this effort. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's incredible. I feel uh, the difference between that is is immense. I uh, I was injured in Route 66, but I also do always look back and I think. Could I have gone on? Could we have done something? Could we have even uh, made an adjustment to the bike setup or done anything like that to, to get me through that? And I think we probably could have done more. Um, and that's not the support team. That's me. I think that I, as soon as I got the injury, I still rode like 200 miles on what was a real painful leg. And it was a, it was a pain that was actually like worrying, not like a her hand pain or a foot pain or a butt pain or anything like that it was all really painful it was like a sharp shooting pain but constant so uh whether or not really that i allowed that to be an excuse to to quit is uh, is is debatable but uh yeah i can tell you it's a weight off my mind to have really nailed this one really as a massive confidence booster uh final question uh and this one i really love because it's uh i like to finish on this note is uh uh and i'm sorry i don't have a name for who is who uh who posed this question but your fiance uh and actually just to clarify actually your wife uh noel we are married we had a we had a uh we were married but didn't have a wedding our wedding is scheduled for for june it's a big green card uh u.s immigration thing so um your your wife noel is super supportive of you we've all seen that that time that she puts in to drop you off and pick you up prepare food etc uh, i think she's the real uh, mvp in all of this uh, we all know how different and sometimes difficult we are to live with if we fail one of our goals is there anything that noel does differently before and after a challenge like this um yeah absolutely i completely agree i would not have been able to do this without noel and uh and uh, my wife and uh very grateful and, and loving and uh, uh and i'm i'm honored that she was able to help me out so i completely agree with you there it's uh um and uh yeah i i think that what happens is is that the the status quo in terms of her this the sort of selflessness of our relationship uh switches as we get approach a, a, an event like this and um and you, you do like if you've ever supported someone who's doing something that is this difficult or this big you do have to be totally selfless and you have to put aside any of your emotions or your like your issues to to support this one person because ultimately if you allow your emotion to into that if you're frustrated or sad that's going to rub off on the on the person who is uh the athlete um and uh, it could be the reason they quit so 
yeah, Noel and I are constantly evaluating how how that how that works between us, and uh, and I think that we've really uh, we've really hit a, a good uh, a good sweet spot with this, and um, yeah, not perfect, but uh, but gives me a lot of confidence as we head towards something which is going to be even uh, even more uh, or even bigger. So uh, yeah, to, to summarize that, yeah, incredibly grateful that I, I have so much love uh, from from my partner mm-hmm. um, because uh, yeah, it could. Uh, uh, it, it, I, I could I could not be as uh, um, as lucky. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, <laughs> uh, that is uh, that is the Seven Summit special. Um, hopefully, I've not bored you to death with uh, with my voice for the last. Uh, I guess we're probably cutting this down to about forty forty five minutes. But uh, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, and uh, as ever. Uh, we like to finish with a challenge, so I have got a challenge for you. And um, and uh, as per the usual protocol, you've got two options. You can either do this on your own and uh, and, and create a list solo, or you can uh, jump on Facebook and come and join our uh, band of uh, merry athletes uh, and uh, uh, post within the Spokes Performance Training Advice Group. Uh, this is uh, the, the challenge. And uh, lovely Claire, thank you so much. You're going to organise this. But what I would like everybody to do is uh, um, think about your uh, bucket list. Now it, we can, and, and we'll make it uh, athlete specific, so endurance sport specific. So create a list of maybe five things that. Uh, you would want to do now that can doesn't it has to be uh something that maybe is achievable for you so no uh no kind of ridiculous i'm gonna ride around the world in 50 days or something like that but let's let's say maybe you want to do a jog or you want to do an african safari by mountain bike or gravel or or something like that think of five things and come and post them within our group so that we can all have a look and share in uh, the wonder that is uh uh, is that maybe maybe just maybe i might uh borrow one or two of them and uh adjust them to make them super difficult and uh great content um so ladies and gentlemen um thank you uh, for persevering with me uh listening through and uh, if you've enjoyed this uh uh podcast uh, uh this podcast episode uh please feel free to leave us a comment or a review a thumbs up a share with your th- friends or whatever it is you want to do um and uh and don't forget to subscribe because i promise there won't be many more of these where it's just me we'll be back with uh with many more to come and um uh let me give you an idea of what we've got coming up we don't usually do this but uh uh next week we have scott back with uh, advanced strength and conditioning the week after that 9th of march we have uh alan talking about mastering anxiety which is what we talked about we then have these two we have got two a great episode 16th and 23rd of march which is uh short distance time trial uh, with uh, the lovely Emma Lewis uh, of uh, uh, supreme time trial fame and uh, and then uh, long distance time trial with uh, Jonathan Schubert. Uh, check those guys out. They're both incredible athletes. Uh, and then we have the wonderful uh, Dr. Vince Marcel back uh, with a um, uh, increasing your VO2 max episode. Now, this one's going to be a real, real thinker because... Uh, uh, we're going to do this without telling you to do anything different with your training. Uh, and then we have a few more that we haven't recorded yet, but we've got scheduled, including uh, beating the heat, uh, coping with bad races, home-based strength and conditioning, uh, one we're calling blood, sweat and gears. Uh, looking forward to that. Talking about gut factor and bike fitting. Um, and uh, uh, and then, of course, we will be back with a, a Route 66 update. So that is uh, your next few months worth of episodes. So don't forget to subscribe if you've uh, interested in any of those. Uh, similarly, if you want to hear someone, we can get on. Uh, we're, we're pretty good at getting people on. So uh, send us a, a message in the, in the Facebook group and, uh, and we'll endeavor to get on that. So thank you very much for listening. It's uh, an honor that you've taken the time to uh, to listen uh, to, to this podcast and uh, we'll be catching Catching you soon. My name is uh, Pat Bryan. I'm performance director and co-founder here at Spokes, and you've been listening to Bespoked. <laughs>